Welcome back to the Tape Deck. It's a music podcast about music, music things for your music ears. I'm Rob Mora, and joining me on this episode today is the Mister Rob Cranfield. The Mister. The Mister. Title. No suffix, though, right? No. No. Unfortunately, not. Um, Rob is uh, a member of the stellar uh, Seattle Funk Fusion band, uh, High Pulp. He also just put out a lovely uh, experimental album called Sun King. It's real chill. Um, it covers a lot of styles. I reviewed it on my website. It's really awesome. Uh, thank you for doing that, Rob. Really appreciate listening to that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, of course. It's so exciting. Yeah. What have you been listening to lately? What have I been listening to lately? Yeah. It's um, a hard question. Yeah. Bang. Right there. Here's the question. <laughs> so... Shabazz Palaces, as okay. we were talking about. Right, yeah. I don't know what what happened, but I've been a fan of Shabazz Palaces probably since Black Up that yeah. we were talking about yeah. a little earlier. Yeah. 2011-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, really dug everything that they've done. Cool. Um, but just like in the last, like, I was up in Bellingham um, playing a show at a record store up there, and I picked up one of the new Quasar's records, mm-hmm. which they released last year. Yeah. And uh, I just was like, wow, I forgot how much I love Shabazz Because, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's always on the top of my list when I'm thinking about some of my favorite artists. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I just, it just, like, hit me again. Um, so I've really been, like, I'm a binge listener in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I've I've been binging a lot of Shabazz Palaces. Cool. Before that, I was binging uh, the new Earl Sweatshirt record. That, that record is so good. Yeah. Can we just talk about that for a second? Like, yeah, please. It seems it's so. I will disclaimer by say that by saying that like, I don't know. I listen to a lot of genres, but hip hop is not necessarily one of those that I sort of dive into. Yeah, like, I'm not yeah. a huge hip hop yeah, head. Totally. Um. So when I listen to something like the new Earl Sweatshirt record, like. Mm-hmm. I don't really know whether or not there's a precedent to that mm. in some underground hip hop like scene or whatever. Mm. But when I listen to that thing, it's like I there's not a lot of things I've listened to that sound like that record. No. Like yeah. it sounds like tip, it sounds like hip hop beats that have been left on the stove for too long. Totally, like, totally. It's just like the the plastics warped a little bit. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's something like super captivating about it that like. It's a lot of short songs. Mm-hmm. It's like a 23-minute, maybe, I don't know, I'm making that number up. Might be a 25-minute record. I don't know. It's short. Um, and I, I think that one thing about it is that, like, it's not short uh, on, on accident. It's not short because a lot of people, like, equate, like, a short record to, like, somebody being lazy, you know? You know what I mean? Or being like, oh, they just, like, did what they did and then, you know, whatever. Right, right. I think that it's, like very intentionally a short record and I think that like every every minute on on the record is is very intentionally used mm-hmm. and I, I think that like that's what really kept me coming back because I listened the first time and I was like this is cool I, I, I dig it and I really really love Earl Sweatshirt mm-hmm. and uh you know I loved his previous record to this which was I don't I don't, I don't like shit I don't go yeah. outside and I really loved that record, and um, and I was like, part of me 
that I maybe didn't want to admit when I first heard it, I was a little disappointed because mm-hmm. I was like, was oh different. man, it's like 20 however many minutes or uh-huh. whatever. And I like kept coming back to it, you know, and I have a lot of time in my life to listen to music, driving all the time and then um, I have a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I have a lot of time. I think we time. all do. Yes. You know, I'm sort of caught in a commute as well. And, and then being... At uh, at my job too, I get to listen to some music, so I just kept listening to that Earl record. Yeah, it's so know. good. And and every time I listened to it, it went from like this is a cool record to this is a pretty good record to this is a pretty great record to this is an amazing record. <laughs> and then I started. Then I looked at the. I, then I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna like dive in on the lyrics, you know. And I think that's like a really big thing for, for me. It doesn't need to be a part of it, but then like. You know, it might have been my 10th listen. I was like, I'm going to listen through and have the lyrics in front of me. Um, and and then I was just like, shit, <laughs> this, this album's crazy. Yeah, you know, man. It's like so, it's really, 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 uh, it's like just powerful. It's dark and, uh, yeah. but like not in like a, it's like dark in a really real way. And mm-hmm. um, it just feels to me like it's like sort of a comforting album Mm -hmm. you know like if i don't know what to put on like that's sort of what i've been putting on you know yeah it does it's sort of as as i don't know why as warped as the sonics are in that particular record like there is sort of a sense of like it does sound kind of comforting it makes its own environment and it blurs together in a way that is sort of representative of being like kind of stone kind of you know in yeah. that in that mindset, you know, it just feels very, very, very honest. Um, yeah, and I feel like what I love about about that record, and I think about Earl, and I think also about Shabazz Palaces. I think like just we we were sort of talking about it on on the drive over was like uh, integrity was mm-hmm. sort of the word I use, and it's sort of a not a perfect word, but like uh, I don't know, like. I feel like when I'm listening to that Earl record, I, I hear a lot of honesty, mm-hmm. but I don't hear him like screaming it at me. I don't hear him saying like, look, I'm being honest. And, like, no. you know, look, I, this is, I'm realer than everybody else, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's a purpose. Cause you know, it is like, yeah. you know, and like, you don't need to scream it if you know it is. Exactly. And that, that really like is so, uh, so prevalent. I yeah. think in that record. So I've been listening to that a lot too. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard the new Jessica Pratt album? No. Oh, well, I again, there's another one that I reviewed. Um, cool. It is. Uh, it's a folk album. Cool. And uh, it's so quiet and so like, we had like a whole week worth of snow mm-hmm. here in Seattle, mm-hmm. and that was like the perfect soundtrack for it. It's just so hushed and yeah. kind of lo-fi, but also you can tell it was built in a studio. Totally. Yeah. That That's album's awesome. amazing. I would totally recommend that. I've been putting on a lot of Krongbin. Krongbin. You know, Krongbin is such a dependable. It is. Band. It's like I don't even know. Like, like I, I love Krongbin. Yeah. Um, but I also like. I don't know. Like, I don't love them in the way that I love other bands. Like, dependable is the right way word. Yeah. You know, I'm like I'm just like exactly. hanging out at home, whatever, making dinner. It's like I'll put that on. Exactly. You know? It's it is immaculate background music. Yeah. Which makes them really relevant for like these times. Totally. You know? And yeah, yeah I, I really. I, I appreciate that and especially like another 
instrumental band. You know, yeah, it's like exactly. so largely instrumental, not, not exclusively. So you yourself play in a bunch of instrumental bands. Like, yeah, it's sort of weird. I've been to a couple of high pulp shows, um, and uh, you host used to host a uh, like a regular Wednesday thing, mm -hmm. you know, at the Royal Room, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, like I never see that around the city. It used to be one yeah. of those things where back in the day you'd have a, a an like a live-in band mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or they would just have like i forget what the term is but it's like, like a house band like a house band mm -hmm. yeah where they would do their own thing mm -hmm. you know and that's sort of been it's you sort of have to have the connections nowadays and there's so much music out that it's and people trying to make those spots that you see it yeah. less often so it was really refreshing to see that you were doing that kind of thing in that particular venue yeah and i've Thank seen you. you guys a couple of times you guys were fantastic Thank you. Yeah. Um, how did that band come together by the way when did you guys start high pool yeah um 2015, um, I moved back. I went to school in, in the Twin Cities, so I was out in Minnesota. Okay. And then I moved back in September of 2015. All right. And then we started, um, I'd played in previous bands with Tuan and Scott and Garrig, and um, we were just like jamming in my basement, which was up in Greenwood at the time. And we probably started jamming around September, October, uh, November, whatever. And we were just like, it was totally informal. It was not a regular schedule. It was like, we'll text and be like, hey, like, you wanna come come play this Friday or whatever? Yeah. And then Gary would bring in a riff or whatever, and we'd bring in a riff and then riff, whatever. You know, just building it. And um, with like no intention of it being anything. And uh, Gary and Scott were both working and still are, but like, you know, full time and uh, very focused on that shit. And, right. Twan and I were in other bands and focused on that, and this was sort of just like a fun thing. Um, and then we just like stopped playing over the course of that summer 2016, um, because we were really busy with Dentaro Nosuba, which is a band that Twan and Dentaro I were in. Dentaro Nosuba. Dentaro Nosuba, yeah. Okay. That's the band I was in Japan with. Um, oh yeah, I saw it's all in, in Japanese. Japan. It's a, it's a, that's a whole other thing. Cool. It's, it's out, but um, point being we just like dropped the whole thing and we didn't have a name for it or anything we just called it like funk band <laughs> you know like that you want to go funk band funk band practice it stands no, out on itunes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um so we just like literally like took four months and just didn't play anything and uh then like september of 2016 i think scott was like or we were all like hey let's 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 get back to jamming and stuff. You know, we were just, we were on tour with Suba that summer and we were busy. Okay. Um, so it, it just fell to the wayside. And then Scott was like, "We can rehearse at my house if we want for this funk band that doesn't have a name." Yeah. And we kept writing. We had like three riffs at that point, mm -hmm. no songs, and we just sort of started making it more of a thing. Uh, and then we just jammed as the four of us for probably another six months, and then in like. I don't know, maybe February 2017, so about two years ago, we added Andy on right. saxophone. Yeah. And then uh, from there, we just started adding different people, you know, okay. we went to a 10-piece. And then, so yeah, it's it's sort of like, that's a weird question, because it's like, we sort of started in 2015, mm -hmm. but then we also, like, didn't really, and then we... The roots are there. 16, and then, there. Yeah. and then 2017, we started actually getting serious and added a horn player and yep. then added made become a 10-piece yeah when did you guys start performing live i guess is the big like decider march of 2017 okay so i think yes <laughs> memory's a little fuzzy 
<laughs> I don't. It couldn't have been 2018. That was last year, right? That's so recent. No, 20, though. 2017 is what it was. I started hanging out a lot in Columbia City uh, when I picked up my job at Empire uh, mm-hmm. in May. So that's actually relatively May recent. of 2017. For some reason, yeah. The first yeah. time I saw you guys, I assumed you guys had been around for a long, for at least yeah. a, a relatively long amount of time. But that's yeah. Yeah. super new, super fresh. Yeah, yeah super I mean, fresh. We. Uh, we're still just like learning how to play our songs. It feels <laughs> like, you know, like it's cool because we're all like very, um, it's like a blessing and a curse that we always want to go to the next thing, yeah. you know? And it's like, and we have so many people in the band and everybody can get their shit done. So we yeah. can just like, we can really delegate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and get a lot of shit done. Um, That's one of the things that like sort of, makes it a little remarkable like you guys i've seen you guys as a seven piece i've seen you guys uh-huh. as a ten piece i've seen you guys with a ton of people on stage yeah organizing that many people to get like yeah songs done like that seems almost insurmountable so like it's pretty frustrating the less, the less experienced <laughs> organizer and we you know? don't we don't hit it you know we don't always get the songs right but <laughs> I, it doesn't sound that way i'll well, that's say good. it sounds pretty great that's cool yeah, yeah i mean it's um it is uh, definitely a exercise in having your shit together yeah. you know and thankfully we you know part of it I guess you could say is like having 10 people or 7 people or however many people you got in the band um, there's more of a likelihood that one of you guys has your shit together yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> than much, if you yeah. have it's 3 people you know yeah. like, like, like Dog Mountain Love that band. Yeah. You know, that was that was a band that I was in with some of my best friends and none of us had our shit together <laughs> like that, you know? And then and, and so now, you know, that's a four piece and then this is a seven piece and you know, you just play the odds game. Yeah, you know, you got much. three more people that might have their shit together and those people, you know, like Scott and, and Homan really um our keys player and our bass player, our bass player and our keys player. Yeah, yeah. Um, they really have their shit together as far as just like organizing and like management of like things and yeah. people and schedules and a mm-hmm. Google calendar and spreadsheets. It's so much work. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a whole nother job. I mean, that's pretty much thing. Being a lot in a of band times is, is when like, you're in a band, it's almost like an unpaid job yeah, like, and or a, like a low paid job and a relationship. Oops, <laughs> it's an unpaid job and a relationship, you know? Yeah, it's pretty much. Like, yeah. I've heard it described as a band is a bit like, it's like a weird, like, relationship between a group of people where you all share some sort of mental dysfunction that can only really be expressed through this thing through this medium totally you know yeah i mean yeah that band has been it's been really fun it's been cool to see how uh people have been receiving it which is always like oh yeah super humbling and and very dope what Um, are you guys doing right now we're almost done with album two it's gonna be called moon milk (laughs) moon milk it's gonna be uh a, a definite like step into the void from album one. Cool. Album one was like a little more. I don't know. It's not traditional, but like album one. If album one was traditional, album two is not traditional. What was the first album called? Bad Juice. Oh yeah. So like Bad Juice. Moon Milk. Um. Yeah. This album's sort of. Uh, I feel like it's like a little more experimental, maybe. Yeah, a little more experimental, a little darker. It's like Bad Juice is a daytime album, uh, Moon Milk's a nighttime album. I sort of get Moon this Milk's from the titles. Moon Milk's a winter album, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's uh, it's a bit more like psychedelic and sort of like 
Maybe exploratory. Yeah, exploratory bit. for sure. Cool. Definitely. Um, shorter songs, which is cool. Nice. Like I think the average song on Bad Juice is like six or seven minutes. Which is fine if totally. you can carry that. Totally. And you know, there's like a lot of songs within the songs. Yeah. That's how we sort of write it is like a section and then a section and then a section. But a lot more like four and five minute tunes on the new record. So we're yeah. finishing that up. Um, we're gonna go start mixing it next week. Actually, we're recording some B3 and some grand piano tomorrow at the Royal Room. Cool. And then I'm probably going to go home after this tonight and just be d- doing some stuff in Ableton. Cool. We're doing all of the the overdubs and all the horns and all of the pretty much everything except for initial drum tracking, we're doing ourselves. Cool. Um which has been really nice because we've been able to take our time and just put everything on it. So each track or each song has like anywhere between like 50 and 100 tracks, which is just like it's a lot of shit. That's a lot. Yeah. So, you know, but everybody's got these ideas, and it's amazing. The, um, like, everybody, I feel so lucky to have, to be in this band where everybody has such such good ears, and everybody's goal, above all, is not to serve themselves, but to serve the song, you know? Yes. Oh, my God. That is such yeah. a great goal to have, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's sort of our motto in the band, is just, like, serve the song, like... That's a necessary motto yeah. in a band with like seven, eight, nine people. Yeah, because everybody's got ideas, and, and it's not, and that's the thing too. Like, trying to move away from the binary thinking of like a good idea or a bad idea, sort of like you're talking about with your album reviews, exactly, like a good yeah. album or a bad album. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's way more, there's more dimensions than we're letting on if we only talk about good or bad. Right, yeah. And in a, in a band setting with seven people, and say so you got four people that all have different ideas for where the B section should go. Yeah. And everybody's got a good idea. You know what I mean? It's not that like there's three bad ideas and there's one good idea. It'd be really easy if that was how it was. You know what I mean? Because then you'd say, okay, well, we'll choose the, good, the idea. good idea. <laughs> well, you got four good ideas. So yeah. what do you like? Which one serves the song the most? Which one is the best idea? And that's sort of the thing. That's sort of the thing that recording it largely ourselves um, has allowed us to do is a lot of here's an, an idea I'm gonna try it you know yeah. and it's important to get everybody's voices heard too mm-hmm. you know uh, in such a big band you know it's like if anybody has an idea it's like cool lay it down and then let's see how it sounds and yeah. then if we don't like it right now it'll still be there a week from now we'll see if we like it more in a week okay if we don't like it in a week probably won't make you know then the whole then the, the democracy will decide so that. it's largely a democratic process yeah, as far as um, creative decisions, it, it there's no bulldozer. You know, there's no one that um, like can make an executive decision. Yeah. But uh, there's definitely like those of us, like me for sure, like that have. I've, I just have so many opinions. You yeah. know what I mean? Essentially, so, I would say that's important. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's that quickly. Things can quickly become sour when there does happen to be like one person sort of overtaking everything else, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know, like that hierarchy that can mess things up. You know, sometimes yeah. it makes things go smoothly, but a lot of the time it can make things poisonous faster than they. Than it's they can just a slippery slope, you know. And, yeah. and, and and the thing that I care about the most is uh, that just everybody in the band is like invested and loves the music mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't see how I could expect them to feel that way or anybody to feel that way if they weren't expressing themselves and putting themselves into the music, you know? So, like, uh, I think it's so important that there is no dictator, you know what I mean? That it is sort of a collaborative thing, no matter how painstaking it is and how, Mm -hmm. like, 
at times it's just like holy shit it's got to feel natural really yeah I mean, and, and and yeah uh, yeah I, I don't know so that 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 stuff's fun um we're also working on a collab ep right now with uh three local singers nice shana shepherd do you know shana i do not she's amazing Ooh. uh she hosts the sunday jam at the uh, hummingbird cool. she's in bear axe very dope band. i've heard of them um She's amazing. She sang with us on the uh, Aretha Franklin tribute night we did at Numos right after Aretha died. That we did there was like five bands or something. And we all did like four, three or four songs. It's awesome. So she sang with us there. So we're doing a tune with her, and then we're doing a tune with uh, Just Moni. Nice. Who oh, is she's great. One of my favorite singers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're doing a tune with Fallon Sierra. I don't know if you know Fallon. No. She's amazing. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're this Moon Milk probably won't be out for nine months, um, but hopefully this R&B sort of collab EP um, will be out in the summer. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so we're staying busy. So uh, tell me more about Sun King. Like that was with Antoine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Was it just the two of you really? Yeah. To start. Yeah. Like- so Sun King's a funny. It's super funny. Uh, how it all sort of happen it's not it's actually really not funny I, I don't know if it's funny it doesn't matter it feels funny to me I'll laugh yeah <laughs> thank you it feels funny to me because like it's just the band that we kept forgetting about and uh, cause we just so Tuan and I play we live together and we have lived together for like three years now I think and he's been one of my closest friends for however long and like as far as like collaborating um, I you know I don't know you'd be lucky if you feel like the sort of connected brain thing that we have with like one person in your whole life, you know what I mean? So uh, it feels very natural. And I think, so Sun King started when in that same fall of 2015, um, we were at his parents' house and his parents were out of town and he was just, he was living at home and uh, I think I was maybe living at home too, and uh, or I was living in Greenwood. But we were gonna record. I really wanted to like lead this project, um, this band that was sort of inspired by "You're Dead" by Flying Lotus. Yeah, that love that record. Yeah. So I just wanted it to be like crazy drums, super modern jazz, like maximalist. Like, can't like really kinda... understand that, you know, just like too much type shit. Yeah, and. Um, and if I'm being honest with you, <laughs> what happened was it was like 10 or 11, it was probably like 10 o'clock, and we had just been jamming, I think, with Suba, and uh, those guys left, and then it was just Tuan and I, and we just like, I got way too high, and I didn't, I, I was like gonna go lay down some crazy drums, and I was just like, I don't really want to play any of this crazy up-tempo jazz shit it's like 10 o'clock you know Mm -hmm. whatever so i just laid down uh rainier tall boy which is the tune second track yes exactly and i just finished a rainier and there's i I crushed the can i put it on the snare drum and started playing and the you know that like hi-hat sort of sound is is just me really it's me hitting the can yeah um and i was just like I'm gonna play this for like two minutes, and then I literally just like fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding. And I woke up like two hours later, and Tuan was just like, 
he just like made this whole beat, you know? Yeah, that's a jazzy song, man. Yeah, with like the guitars and shit. I'm yeah. like, hey, you know, you have, all right, cool. Like, whoa, all right. And then, so then I, I just like did another one, you know? I just would like, I, and then we did Lift Off, I think. Um, I just I just played that that drum thing. And um, I fell back asleep. <laughs> I woke up and Swan and made another beat. And I was like, dude, that, why this are these? Process. These are so easy, man. This is great. I wake up and there's a goddamn beat made. Um, if only they were that easy. I know. Seriously. It's like I dreamt it and then it came true. Um, so those first two sort of happened in that way. And like, that's not even, that's not an exaggeration of this. Like, that's, that's what happened. Cool. And, um, and we were both sort of like, I guess that we should just keep doing this, you know? So over the so so I think probably in that span it happened like in three chapters. Chapter one was when his parents were gone. Probably recorded like twenty grooves, twenty drum grooves, maybe right. fifteen. So all of the Sun King songs, they start with the drums. And they're all improvised drums. There's no songs. Okay. We write the songs as I'm improvising the drums, that's going to be the drum take, and then we're going to build over it. Cool. Um, very natural sounding, like never, yeah. And then also organic. sort of like sort of weird things will happen where like I'll just like drop a beat, mm-hmm. sometimes intentionally, sometimes not, or I'll go into this thing that's like out of time, or I'll follow this idea or whatever, like yeah. in a way that like it would be really hard to write and teach a Pretty band much. that yeah. yeah so i'm just improvising it and then we go back in to the computer and we say okay let's listen back to this okay let's let's build a beat over this okay yeah so so we did like chapter one was sort of at twan's parents house and then uh chapter two and three happened at crybaby studios Cry we Baby, just yeah, yeah i mean all of them had two mics on the drums they're just like we didn't even really mean for it to be a serious thing we were just like uh, whatever, we'll just make these beats. Yeah. And then we wound up making, I think it was 50, 53 or 56 beats, okay. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, so the Sun King album that we just dropped, we, we took our 23 favorite. Um, so we took those tracks and just tried to make them make sense. Cool. You know? That sounds um, really cool. Yeah. Um, and it was really, like, aside from the first two, which I was like, 100% fully asleep for um, <laughs> the rest of them were really collaborative as far as putting the melodic structures over the things and um, having features and, and like all almost all the saxophone for that record was just done in one day with our friend Donnie who we met that day he was staying at the Blue House did you ever come to the Blue House? No I haven't up on Beacon Hill that's where we used to live and uh there like 10 people live there and of one of the people that lived there had a friend Donnie who was in town and played saxophone cool and he had a day off and his friend was at work or whatever so we were like hey Donnie you want to play saxophone on this yeah this band that doesn't have a name and that does like we nothing you know funk um, band yeah <laughs> beat band you know just like we're just making this shit and uh and we just sort of did it all sort of just it was it's just like we just would hit record and be like, what are you going to, like, play something, you know? And he'll do that, and we're like, cool, do that, and then do it a half step up the next time, and then do it a half step up again, and then go back down to the original. And so it's just really, like, shoot from the hip type right. writing and recording, which is, like, really different from, 
high pulp, for instance, which yeah. is super arduous mm -hmm. and, and, and super and meticulous. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that the sequencing is relatively chronological, or is there a purpose to it? Because it sounds sequencing, I thought, was really well done cool. on it. Like it sounds nice. like it's got a good variety to it. It yeah. flows really well. But was it kind of chronological? Well, or? we sort of broke it up into three sections. I saw that. Yeah. Right. So there's the C twenty. 17 or whatever like basically the the beginning of each chapter starts with the airport code for each city okay. yeah. one of them is seattle which is seattle 2017 that's how it starts and that's where tuan and i found ourselves re-meeting you know um and then the second interlude is msp which is minneapolis so okay. that's where i used to live 2015 or something yep which is when i moved back and then I think it's Yule 2014. I, I'm not really sure. It's funny because we had all these like working titles for these songs. Yeah. So I know them by the working titles, which is what just like had in my mind for three years. You yeah. know what I mean? And then we like named them like a month before the album dropped. So people are like, oh, I like that song. I'm like, I don't know what that song is. <laughs> you know? and like, oh, you mean that one. But um, Yule 2014 is the Montreal airport code. Okay, that was and the one I was confused about. Tuan went to McGill, so, and he lived out there after. Um, cool. So yeah, it's sort of, the, the sequencing is sort of an abstract story about, it starts with where we are, and then it sort of goes back to where we like, we're coming from. Um, and the first, the first segment, the first suite is sort of just like, I'd say the more like, poppy or like essential sound to what we view Sun King as that has a lot of the older like the original shit like Rainier and uh, yeah lift off and uh, yeah that's where the question came from because I yeah. noticed that a lot of the ones that you were talking about yeah. ended up pretty soon like tracks two tracks all five is fine with jazz that song such a good song yeah, jazz oh my is God. um that that's from the, the early days too um and then the second section gets into sort of the darker thing. It's mm -hmm. sort of the nighttime um, where it's got like, are you concerned about me? And uh, Okay. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to yeah. read that. It's like, you conquered. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, cool. Nice. And then like Shoegazer and Shadowgazer. Yeah, love Shoegazer. Um, That's such a good song. Thanks, man. Yeah. Just appreciate that you know these. So oh, yeah, dude. Um, and, then, and then the third section is sort of like, uh, the the waking up after the nightmare type thing, mm -hmm. you know, you yeah. got like AM shower is what sort Great. of is that was Gabby who did the vocals, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, she did such a good job, killing man. Yeah, um, so that's sort of the like the settling after the the storm, maybe. Cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That was we had a long long hope for um, making a comic book to go with this album. Really? Yeah. Is that um, sort of where the artwork came from for the... Uh... The artwork is our friend JC, um, who's super talented and local. Check him out, JC. Okay. JC. Zane on, on Instagram, Z-A-Y-N-E, J-A-C-Y. Okay. Super talented, just like he's in the in our, our larger like family of creative folks. Um, nice. And he's a sweetheart. Um, that did not come from any of the... Uh, comic book idea as much as it came from sort of just like the impressionistic approach uh the word i keep using for the song is like little vignettes you know yeah. what i mean and that's yeah, yeah. sort of how his art feels to me too like it's it's his art is really clear 
and also ambiguous at the same time. I noticed. And I hope that, that that's sort of that how did come it across. feels for me about the music, too. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It did fit it a lot. Yeah. So uh, we're almost out of time here. Uh, I did have one question for you. Um, is there anything right now, like, that is sort of inspirational to you as far as music is concerned? Like, like anything that's sort of inspiring you to do stuff or, or maybe yeah. take certain directions, you know, anything interesting that you see going on in music right now? Uh, anything interesting that I see in music right now that's yeah. inspiring me or anything that is inspiring me for my music? Oh. Because one... Yeah, yeah, go on. Well, one of, like, I'm always listening back to, like, like, Ferris Sanders and, like, just, like, sort of, um, jazz from, like, the late 60s, early 70s, free jazz and, um, sort of, I mean... Yeah, I, I think I think that that's where I always come back to for inspiration on my instrument, which yeah. is the drums, um, is is going back to that sort of Farrah Sanders place, which yeah. quickly then always leads me to like Flying Lotus mm -hmm. or Radiohead yeah. or Aphex Twin, like you know what I mean, like, um, and it's funny because like I go in and out of phases super hard with everything and. You know, one day I'm like, dude, I've listened to so much Radiohead. Like, how can I, you know, this isn't yeah. going to do anything for me anymore. Uh -huh. And then, like, you know, like just the other day, I put on In Rainbows and I was like, this record is so <laughs> good, man. That record in particular has really stood the test of time. It's so fucking good. Yeah. And King of Limbs, too. Like, I, I, I mean, all of their shit. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing happens with Flying Lotus. And, um, so so I, I don't know I feel like a lot of the time a lot of the time for me what's inspiring is not I don't see um, parallels always about like what the music sounds like yeah. as much as like where I feel like the music's being made from you know what I mean like um, it's like the same like Guided by Voices they're in my pantheon you know what I yeah, mean yeah. Like, and uh, I just so so to me it's it doesn't even need to be a musician but just like anything that's like got that like cut of genuity you yeah. know what i mean it's like so genuine it's funny whenever i listen to or something like free jazz comes up in the music that i listen to i it can just sound so badass yeah you know like totally. like radiohead when they do the national anthem mm -hmm. on kid a and mm -hmm. the free jazz is in that or um when Kendrick Lamar did uh, for free, yeah, totally. Without reply, totally. Like, there's so many instances where free jazz can come across as just like so powerful and yeah. like so like I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah, like, I think that what's inspiring about it is that it's people trying to express themselves, you know, and uh, and in that moment, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's yeah, like it, a necessity. It's very momentous. Yeah, and, like it, it present-minded, so urgent, you yeah. know. Um, so so I go back to that a lot. Um, and Miles Davis, Second Quintet, all of those records. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. So, so that's that's the jazz stuff. And then, I, yeah, it just depends, man. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of the Roots, um, mm. and uh, and then a lot of this modern London jazz shit that we were talking about. Yeah. Like, uh, Yusef Kamal, Kamal Williams, um, Alphamist. Uh, yeah, I remember when Austria. I discovered. It's funny too. Um, I think. Alphamist's record, YouTube had a huge uh, mm -hmm. hand in uh, 
having that be discovered because everyone I know who listened to it listened to it through YouTube. That's it was just like a discovery thing. Provocative, educative channel. It man. just found the algorithms or whatever. Like mm -hmm. it was showing up for everybody. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, wow, have you heard this record? It's crazy. And that's just a rant. Like that dude uploaded the High Pulp album too. Um, really? He, uploaded, he uploads a bunch of albums. No way. And it got like... 10,000 views or something. That's pretty decent. It's tight, but it's also crazy that that Alphamist shit has literally like 5.3 or 4 million views. Something like that. I think you an know? album like that deserves it. Like, 100%. Yeah. No doubt. And it's just, what's cool about it is that uh, part, the dude um, who runs that channel, he's just a regular dude. You know what I mean? I know, right? Like, he's not like... He's like, not a label head or anything. No, or no, like he has nothing. I think I don't think I don't even know if he plays music. You Just know another I mean? regular music appreciation. Yeah, you know? and it's funny because like in 2019, like maybe the most valuable thing, like getting getting that random dude who is somewhere in Europe, I'm not sure, um, to upload your album is like much more valuable than like a stereo gun premiere. You Pretty know? much, yeah. <laughs> Especially like when it comes down to it, premiere, you, know? you know, that's inspiring in its own regard. It's cool because you know? it's decentralizing shit. Yeah. Um, and and I dig that. So yeah, that that the internet trying to be savvy with that is is like it's its own struggles, but it has its own rewards. Totally. You know? I mean, that's just the same thing with um, with the Sun King album. We this adventures in sound YouTube. Uh, channel from Denmark they have like 80 something thousand um, subscribers and uh, the person there he agreed to to pre premiere three different tunes cool and I was just like pick whichever ones you want you know <laughs> I like suggested one he was like I don't really like that song I was like alright cool <laughs> do whatever you want man yeah. and um, <laughs> right. I was like respect I love yes thank you yeah um, but that was like super huge because it it's you know five thousand people listen to your song and then another song and then you know and it's just funny because in you know whereas like maybe even just five years ago everybody'd be looking for a stereo gum premiere mm -hmm. and that's it's not to say that that's just not big still or helpful but it's not as necessary it just uh, yeah it's just everything is it's like but that's that's also the curse is like where is the avenue mm -hmm. to get people to listen to your shit? Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's still live shows, you know, and content. I think you can, for a band like Sun King, we're not going to be gigging anytime soon because we're too busy I can busy imagine not, yeah. Shit. And besides that, there's so much that's like, I can see those particular arrangements being fleshed out, but it would take yeah. like an ensemble, like you have to learn the stuff. I guess yeah. you and Antoine could do that, you know, by it, yourselves if you stripped it down, but like... We wouldn't, yeah, it's... We're hoping for like fall of next year to be gigging a bit, but point being is until then, like we can hopefully just keep a constant stream of content for whoever's listening. Like I've never seen Kamal Williams, you know, um, but I'm a huge fan, you know. Mm -hmm. So you like, would see him live if he came here. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But like even though he hasn't, I've still bought like like seeing somebody live is not necessary to having or keeping a fan it's just like keeping that shit constant putting out videos or live mm -hmm. things or nuggets here or there it takes just to let savvy. people know that you're working you know what I yeah. mean that, that you're not like just Sitting chilling in Miami or whatever yeah. you know what it, I mean like you're, really you're working yeah it, there's a proof of proof of purchase yeah exactly like you sort of have to keep the people interested yeah so yeah. It's, it's exhausting but it can be worth it yeah and 
you know, I feel like I'm lucky that at this point in my life, music can told like is the priority and my work schedules flexible as far as like I teach drum lessons and then I work yeah yeah daytime job at the royal room at, at the venue um which is really flexible on the hours so uh if I have a set like a recording session or something in the morning I'm like okay well I'll come in at two o'clock at the royal room you know or I, I can move my lessons around so you know the goal for for me and for Tuan, he has a similar situation. Is that we're just every day, you know, every day. whatever it like, we're just making something and creating something, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a war of attrition. You know what I mean? It's just keep keep going, you know, just like <laughs> He'll beat him down keep eventually. Keep going, man. You know, like one of these days, you'll yeah. start to see, and you, know, you will. That's, some of that shit happen. That's the point, really. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people have made this point to me. Like, if you just keep doing it, yeah. it'll happen. It'll take a lot it'll, longer for some people, but, like, if you just keep doing it, it'll happen. And that's the thing, too. I mean, like, all these bands that we think blew up overnight, like Krongbin, perfect example, mm-hmm. um, with that new record that they put out, forgetting the name of it, the brown one. Contoto El Mundo? Yes, or exactly. Contoto El Mundo. When that came out, people were, like, talking about them, like, like... Like they were just on they the just scene. this new band. Yeah. It's like, dude, you listen to their first album came out in 2013. You yeah. know what I mean? Or They've whatever. been doing like, it for a second. Yeah, and the same thing with like Snarky Puppy. People see High Pulp a lot, and they say, oh, you, you know, Snarky, you know, just because it's a big instrumental band. Of like, course, that's the thing. <laughs> and you know, that's cool. I yeah. like. I, I mean, they're great. But uh, similar thing is like you look at the 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 discography. And you look at how that coincides with like whatever accolades you're measuring their success by, and there's always like three, four, six, seven years, mm-hmm. years, years, three hundred sixty-five days times seven. You yeah. know what I mean? Try managing a, bo- a band for six or seven years. Like, you'll see how yeah. hard it is. Because I think a lot of that is that you know there might be even better bands that come and go but the fact is that they go because whatever interpersonal things somebody moves somebody dies like you know like anything happens the world is going it's true and I think so much of being able to make your mark musically is just keeping on doing it and you know it's funny because it feels like you've been doing it for so long or whatever, but I'm I'm 26, you know what I mean? Like, if I do this shit for another five years, I'll only be 31. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know true, I mean? like, when it comes down to it. It's like people people will be like, oh, this guy came out of nowhere. I'll be like, dude, I've been playing shows yeah. for 20 years. <laughs> you just don't mention it. You're just like, oh, yeah, I'm new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what yeah, what just, is this guitar? I just finally put out that record I thought up last week. And yeah. <laughs> glad you all like it. What's a hi-hat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, nah. So, it, yeah, it's it, it's always changing. Um, yeah. And it's sort of struggle like that. Yeah. But you just got to keep your ears to what these 20-year-old kids are doing. Pretty you know? much. Facebook's dead. <laughs> Everyone's you doing go it. Yeah, Facebook's Instagram dead. Now. Facebook's Shit. dying. Yeah, it's Along crazy. Along Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got to stay hip. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Rob. We're out of time. I really appreciate everything your muses uh, your ruminations. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you for the podcast. And you're welcome. And thank you, people, for listening to the podcast. Thank so you all. Whoever you you're listening, whoever you are, um, if you're in your car, uh, your boat. if you're in or a boat or a plane, plane, or if somehow you've learned how to fly, motorcycle, motorcycle. It's true, but be careful. Or if you're walking. Yeah, that's true. 
or uh, we mentioned bus. Blading. No. Blading. Bus. bus. Rollerblading. If you're in a skiing, skiing, skating, like city. ice skating, city, laying down, town, John Hughes, John Mellencamp, <laughs> uh, Melon Balls, John Fogarty. <laughs> this is just free association. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.